Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Hello and welcome to episode 78 of the Craft to Career Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Chapel, the host of the show. And I'm going to start this episode off by reading the most recent review on Apple Podcasts. This comes from at peanut underscore Cato. And this person says, I love this podcast. Elizabeth has such great topics and is a great host. She asks her guests questions that I have as well. Whenever I listen to the podcast, I feel empowered and that I can achieve my vision of success for my business. My father-in-law and I are both in the very beginning stages of our small business his woodworking, and mine sewing. I told him to check out Craft a Career as well because I think it's so beneficial for all. I can't wait to hear more from Kayla at Peanut Cato. Thank you, Elizabeth. Kayla, this is so awesome. I actually love that this podcast is being referred to people outside of the quilting community. I know a lot of times I gear what I'm saying to quilters and quilterpreneurs because that's my little realm and circle of influence. But I do think the things that I share are applicable to all businesses. And so I'm glad that you feel that as well. And it's funny that you, <laughs> it's funny that you say that I ask questions that you have as well. Because I'll be listening back to my episodes sometimes. And I'll think, oh man, I really wish I'd ask this. And all of a sudden then I ask that question <laughs> on the podcast. I'm like, oh, well, I guess I was thinking the same then as I am now. Uh, but I am a curious mind. I do like to ask all of the questions, which today I do ask a lot of questions. So today we have a guest, Janae Alves of Vintage Stitch by Janae. And she has done something very cool that not a lot of people have done in the world, let alone in the quilting community. And she went about it in such a bootstrap, you know, like, I'm just going to figure this out. She got turned down. She didn't let that get her down. And she has just been very successful. And she's also a, an alumni of my very first original quilt pattern writing course. So we dive into all of the things today on the podcast with Janae. And I'm excited to introduce you and share more about what she's done. So let's jump in. Let me introduce you to Janae. Janae, I'm so glad you're here. It's so fun to have someone who I've known since the beginning of my education, and it's been really rewarding to see your progress as a quilterpreneur. So for our listeners, can you just give us a little introduction of who you are and what you do in the quilting community? Yeah, uh, my name is Janae. I have a long-arm quilting business called Vintage Stitch, and um, I purchased my first long arm in 2015. And um, from there, I have uh, grown my business into what it is today. And I recently designed um, a binding ruler that I know that we'll, we'll get into and, and talk about. And um, just, yeah, it's been a really long journey um, from where I first started up until today. But I just know with, you know, really hard work, and dedication that uh, anybody can build their business into what they want it to be. Yeah. And I like selfishly, I'm glad to have you here on the show because of this ruler that you created and you went out on your own 
And I have had people in my, you know, alumni or students who ask, how, how does one go about doing this? And so I really wanted to dive into that. But first, let's go to the beginning. And if you can just tell us, you know, in 2015, you bought your first long arm. Like what, what was your quilting experience like before that? What led you to get a long arm machine and even think about business in quilting? Yeah, so I guess it kind of goes back to way before that. Uh, I actually, I got into quilting. Um, I'm actually a self-taught quilter. I um, took home a class in high school, and that's when I first was introduced to a sewing machine and absolutely fell in love with it. Um, I remember, um, you know, right after doing that whole class, um, wanting to go to Joann's and make a quilt. And I had never, ever made a quilt before. Um, no one taught me. I just went to Joann's, bought a bunch of fabric, cut them up into tiny little squares, laid all the squares out on the floor, picked them up each, you know, one by one and created this quilt. And I absolutely fell in love with it. And um, then I taught myself how to quilt on my domestic machine. And then um, I started making bigger quilts, and um, I wanted to be able to quilt those bigger quilts. So I remember being at our local quilt show, and there was a gentleman there that had designed uh, more of a mid-arm, uh, long-arm table. And he already had the machine and everything set up with it. And it was a used setup. And I went ahead and purchased that, um, and I was able to do, I believe it was like full-size quilts. So um, that's, there again, I, I purchased that, I practiced, learned everything I could on that machine, and then I realized I wanted to start making bigger quilts and being able to quilt them. And so that's when, in 2015, um, I started researching long arms, and I purchased my first APQS uh, long arm, and I actually purchased that as a used machine through APQS, and um I had people reaching out to me here locally that were wanting me to quilt for them. And um, so then in 2017, I um, went ahead and uh, started my business. And that's when I started my website and um, started growing my business from there. And um, that's kind of the journey, you know, how I got into long arming. And then um, I remember, you know, starting my Instagram and posting pictures of my quilts. And um, I started getting people reaching out to me wanting these specific designs um, that were the designs that um, folks were using for digital quilting designs. And at that time, my machine, I was um, hand guiding my machine with um, paper pantographs. And I absolutely loved it. Like I loved moving the machine and creating the designs and just absolutely loved it. But like I said, I had these um, other cultures reaching out to me to do these designs for them uh, that were with the digital setup, the um, computerized machines. And so that's when I started researching about getting the computerized setup for my machine so I could start offering these designs to people. And um, around that same time is when Jess from the Long Arm League started um, her membership. So I went ahead and I joined her membership. I was one of the founding members and joining that group was just so life-changing for me because it was my first chance to talk to other long-arm quilters. I didn't really know any other long-arm quilters. And I was able to ask questions 
Um, you know, a lot of the quilters in the group, they already had the digital machines. So then I was able to ask, you know, more questions for what machine I wanted to get to computerize, you know, my long arm. And um, so I went ahead and get, I got an um, IntelliQuilter to set up with my APQS. And from there, like once that happened, I felt like my business completely took off because then I was able to offer all these designs, you know, that people were asking for. And so I purchased that. That was the, the end of 2019 um, when I purchased my, the, you know, to be able to do the digital quilting. Um, yeah. And then let's see, I'm trying to go back to think of when I start, when I came up with the idea for the ruler. So yeah, it was around that time. Um, I wanted to offer another service to my customers to be able to attach the binding for them when they sent me their quilts. Yeah. So I found that I um, really enjoyed attaching the binding to their quilts while they were on the long arm. And I was running into, it was very difficult. You know, I just, I didn't have the right size rulers or the rulers were too big when I was trying to use them with the long arm. And so just this idea came to me about a smaller size ruler that I could use when I was attaching the ruler, attaching the binding on with the long arm. So right away, I just, I grabbed a piece of graph paper and I drew out my design and um, yeah, cut it out. And then I ended up cutting it out on a piece of cardboard and kind of practicing and using that to see, you know, how it would all, how it would work. And then um, use that for a little while. And I found that the design, it was very helpful. And it really helped me to be able to attach the binding in a way that I was happy with. And um, I remember, <laughs> I was like, so excited about this, like new idea I had that I actually I went to my husband, and I was talking to him about it. And he, I had him cut me out the ruler um, on a piece of plexiglass. Mm -hmm. So then I was able to use the plexiglass and I, you know, that's what I used. And then I realized that not only could the ruler be used with the long arm, but I could also use it at my domestic machine. And so that's when like a light bulb like went off in my head, like, oh my gosh, like what if I, you know, brought this out into the world and it could help other cultures? Yeah, I remember you asking about that and like, how does one go about this? And I was like, gosh, I actually don't know. <laughs> how does one go about, you know, doing the ruler? You have this idea for a ruler and you've made your own. And then what? How do you how do you bring this to the masses? <laughs> yeah, so I started, I went to Google and I did a Google search and I uh, just started, you know, Googling um, quilting rulers and, you know, and manu manufacturers. And I ended up coming across um, a huge um, quilting producer. Well, they design rulers and they team up with um, other designers within the quilting industry and they design rulers for the um, designers. And so I reached out to them. And, um, you know, sent an email, told them I had, you know, came up with a new design for a binding ruler. Um, they messaged me back, said that they were interested. 
And if I could send them, you know, a video of me using the ruler and then, you know, just more details on the ruler. So I went ahead and created the video, sent them all the information on how to use it. And um, they took it to their design team and they, you know, went over it. And then about a week and a half later, they got back to me and they said that they were interested. So at that point, I was definitely, you know, discouraged. I was upset because I felt like I'd already worked so hard um, to get it to that point, to the design. And um, like I said, I was definitely upset. Uh, but that exact next day, I went back to Google and I started researching again because then I knew that I was going to be doing this on my own. And... Um, so I ended up um, finding a uh, laser cutting company. They're actually based in California, which is where I live. Um, I reached out to them, and um, their, their name is uh, it's Coulter's Paradise. So they actually already design um, rulers for the oh, uh, yeah. yeah, Coulter's Paradise. I love the half square triangle rulers they make. So, yes, I know them. Yeah. Yep. So I reached out to them and, um, you know, they said, yes, that's definitely something that, that they could do. And, um, but in the meantime, I, I had already kind of been talking with people about my design. And I remember talking with one of my friends and she said, oh my gosh, you have to get a patent for your design. I'm like, seriously? Like, what is, how do I do that? <laughs> And she's like, you'll never believe, but I have a friend who just got a patent for one of her inventions. And I'm like, seriously, I need to talk to her. And so she put me in contact with her and her experience that she went through um, with her invention and getting a patent for it. And then she also put me in contact with her um, patent attorney. And so I contacted the attorney. Um, you know, we had a phone interview, went over my design, you know, what I, what I wanted. Uh, he explained the whole process to me. Um, and we started out with doing, um, an initial patent search first. So I gave him all the details. He went to the, um, like patent database and did a whole search on my exact size ruler and all the dimensions to make sure that that design, there wasn't already like a patent for it. And um, he came back with the results and he said, everything looks good. He said, yes, there is some rulers already out there to make, to help with binding, but my design was completely different and unique compared to the other ones. So he gave me the okay, that we were, you know, good to go ahead and continue with the application. So Yay, that's huge. Were you like, I just, yeah, I know. <laughs> so I finally felt like I was like on a, you know, a good track, uh, to go ahead and that I was going to be doing this. I was going to be getting a patent. Um, and we started out doing a, there's a provisional patent application, um, that he filed first. So basically that protects your invention for about 12 months and it gives you that patent pending status. So once you file, then um, that kind of protects your design from that moment, you know, when you designed it. So no one can come back and say, oh, well, I did that first. It's like, no, you already sent in your application. So, you're, you know, that like keeps you safe. Um, so we went ahead and did that. And um, then after about nine, 10 months, you know, that gives you time to kind of 
um, narrow down your design, make sure there's no changes that you want to make to it. Um, and then he ended up filing the non-provisional patent, which is the actual application that goes um, to the a patent examiner. And they're the ones that examine the whole entire application. And then that's when they issue the patent if they accept it. So it's really a long, long process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so like I said, he filed the non-provisional and I'm still kind of in that stage right now. I haven't actually received my actual patent number yet. That probably won't be until like early next year, because once you file that application, it takes at least a year or longer before you hear back from them. So wow. it's a very, very process. But I do have, you know, that pat, the um, patent pending status on my ruler now. Yeah, good. And it's awesome that you have this patent because, honestly, if you don't, anyone could then go and make their own version and sell it. But now, if they do that, legally, you can say, actually, no, you cannot do that. You have to stop. And you could, you know, if they made significant money, you could get that money. And yeah, um, pretty cool. So yeah, like I said, it was a long process. I I highly recommend, you know, finding a someone that deals specifically with patents because they deal with it all the time. They know the whole application process. Like it was a very detailed application, like every single angle he had to explain and what it was used for. And then also he had to do his own research like on the quilting industry and the terminology for him to use within the application. So like I said, it was a very lengthy. <laughs> yeah, but good for you. I think a lot of people, when they see, when they hear you need a lawyer, they're like, uh, and I'm out, you know, but it's worth doing the work. Yes. And it, it was uh, definitely an investment for me. You know, I put a lot of money out on the line, um, but I just, I had this feeling inside me that this is something that I didn't want to look back on my life and regret not doing this. Mm-hmm. and regret, like at least not trying. And yeah, I did get knocked down that first time when I reached out to that other company and they said, oh no, we're not interested. Well, I knew that it worked for me and I really, you know, I thought it could help people. And even if it helped a handful of people, it was still worth it to me to follow through with that whole process. Which how has the reception been? I mean, now that it's, I'm, how, I mean, have you marketed it? What's, what's happened with that? Yeah. Um, so I, um, I launched it in the end of February and I remember the launch day was on a Tuesday and prior to that I had, I was able to share the ruler, you know, on my Instagram because I had that provisional patent application already turned in. So I had that patent pending status so I could share the design And I remember there was, yeah, already tons of people interested. Um, So I did set up an email list for people to sign up so I could start gathering, you know, people's information to keep them informed of when the ruler would be available. And um, yeah, I remember ordering my initial amount of rulers. And at that, you know, I thought it was a huge amount. Like, oh my gosh, this is like so many rulers. Well, I ended up launching on a Tuesday, and by Saturday, the rulers were completely sold out. And I was, like, so excited, like, oh, my gosh. So then I had to send out an email to my subscribers. You know, the rulers are on back order. I'm waiting for my next shipment. And, you know, I just, 
like <laughs> I did it all on my own. Like I had no idea, you know, I was kind of learning on, as I was going and like learning with my website, how to add a store to my website and, you know, accept payments from people and, you know, shipping. I, it's kind of funny, like initially, you know, I set up my store and I went in and practiced and I like purchased the ruler myself. I printed out the label and then I actually sent it to myself so that I could see <laughs> I love how it. the whole process worked. Cause I had no idea. I'd never done anything like this before. I didn't have anybody there showing me each step of the way, you know? So sometimes yep. you just have to get in there and do it. <laughs> Which I, I've got to touch on that. I'm so happy that you talked about um, you didn't know how to do it and there was no one there to hold your hand or tell you how to do it, but you figured it out and not just a little bit, like you got a lawyer, you've done the whole kit and caboodle. And there is something about that resourcefulness, scrappiness, being able to like pull out Google and just figure out how to do it, which is definitely why you are successful because you have that pick up by your bootstraps, like, well, they said, no, that's all right. I'm going to keep doing it. You've got to have that, that, I don't know what you want to call it, grit or whatever, but have you had that your whole life? <laughs> I, I feel so, well, especially like with, with my quilting business, I, uh, I just, I love quilting so much in the whole industry, uh, especially with my business. I've, um, well, something also that I do that I wanted to share is I, I write down my goals. Um, you know, every day. So when I was designing this ruler, I would write that down every single day. I designed a quilt binding ruler. I designed a quilt binding ruler. So I did that every day. So I stayed like hyper focused on that because I feel like we all get great ideas, but if we don't write it down or do something with it, it just it leaves our mind. And then sometimes, oh, we think about it down the road. But if it's something that's important to you. Like I would write that down so you stay focused on that. And then eventually your brain will find a way, you know, to make it happen. And then also I remember during that whole process, you know, like going back to me get, getting a patent when I told my friend about it. She's like, oh, yeah, I have a friend who just got a patent. I'm like, what? Like, you know, that's like the universe working with you, you know, to help guide you down that path. Um, Absolutely. And also with my quilts and quilting for clients, I had a goal of, you know, quilting at least 40 quilts a month. So I wrote that down every day. I quilt 40 quilts a month. And then eventually I remember one day looking up in my queue and I had over 40 quilts hanging. <laughs> and so it's just being able to, you know, kind of manifest your goals and your dreams. And one way that I found that it works for me is writing it down every day. Okay, which, I absolutely love that. Which also leads me into back to my uh, long arm business. Um, I, like I said, I was receiving all these quilts. It was hard for me to keep up with all the quilting that um, I was talking to my husband about purchasing a second long arm. And um, we were discussing that, but I didn't really have the room in the studio that I was, that I was in at that time. And um, my husband said, um, well, I have this idea. How about we turn, uh, we have a, a four-car garage. Uh, he builds custom hot rods and stuff. So the garage was filled up with all these hot rods. And he um, rebuilt that 
four car garage and turned half of it into a quilting studio for me. So then I had more room for a second long arm. So then I invested in that second long arm with the computerized setup. So then that way I could still accommodate, you know, all these quilts. And I should also say that I also have a full-time job. Like, well, this is not my full-time job. <laughs> Which I did want to have you touch on that because I think people are like, well, but thinking that people who are successful have some sort of exception or like, but they're not as busy as me or that. So, I mean, I remember reaching out, I don't know, asking, how's the ruler going? And there was some crazy stuff going on with your family business. So how, talk about that. How do you do it all? You know? <laughs> well, that's a whole other thing too. Um, just, uh, so my family, uh, we have a, a tire business that's, um, been in our family since the early twenties and thirties. And, um, my dad was um, getting ready to retire and, um, my husband and I were discussing about purchasing the business from my dad. And this was all during the pandemic. So there was like a lot going on, um, Thankfully, the business was able to stay open the whole time because we were essential. Um, and then also during that time, my quilting business grew. Like, <laughs> it completely grew. Just everybody was home quilting. I was receiving so many quilts. Uh, quilting is my passion. And I really wanted to be able to stay home and quilt full time. So that's where my husband and I were having multiple conversations. Like, hey, I think I could, you know stay home and this could be my full-time job with quilting. Um, but like I said, my dad was getting ready to retire. Um, and there was an opportunity there for us as well to take over the business for my dad. And, uh, we did a lot of back and forth and not sure what we wanted to do. And, um, we did end up purchasing the business for my dad. So now my husband and I are <laughs> business owners <laughs> together. So that's a whole other, you know, we drive into work together, you know, we spend all day together and then come home. And, um, but yeah, like I said, I, uh, if it's something, if you're doing something that you are passionate about and you love doing it, I feel like you, you'll find a way to make it work. So, you know, in the past, there was a lot of mornings when I would get up at, you know, five o'clock in the morning and be in my quilting room quilting before I would go to work. Um, and then, you know, on the weekends there again with the pandemic, you know, we were all stuck at home. So that's what I was doing on my weekends was I was quilting. Um, and I did, I definitely built my quilting business up to a place where I could do that full time. Um, but now with also running the tire shop, um, I have it set with my quilting business that I'm doing about half the work that I usually would, would be doing. Um, so that's kind of where we're, where we're at right now. So I think it's really cool that you have this family business that's been in the family since the 1920s. Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. That's really cool. I, you know, we're, we're quilters, so we appreciate the legacy and, you know, these time things, but I just think that's really neat. I did also want to ask you, you've done really well on Instagram. So two questions with that. One, how have you, what has helped you have success with Instagram? And then two, has that correlated, like as you've grown your Instagram following, has it also helped grow your business? Have you seen that correlation? 
I would say so. Yes. Um, so early on when I started my, um, Instagram, I really enjoyed doing videos and sharing videos. So early on, I sh was sharing tons of videos, even before reels were popular. Yep. <laughs> and I found that a lot of those videos that I was posting was getting a lot of engagement. Um, and back then I, if I recall, I think you could click and see how many people actually followed you, you know, from that one post. Yep. And, um, another thing that I found with, um, you know, clients sending me quilts is I thought that they would like to see what my actual studio looks like or what my long arm looks like. So when they send their quilt to me, they kind of have a visual of what it's going to look like when they send me something. So I thought that, that was always important, just like sharing my whole process, um, sharing about loading a quilt. Um, I remember when I first started quilting, I had no idea what a long arm even was. <laughs> and right. so I've always thought it was important to share and show that whole process. Um, so I think that's something that that's helped grow, you know, my Instagram is just how much I do share like behind the scenes, you know, if you want to call it. Um, and also early on with Instagram, I was very intentional about growing my followers. Um, there was a point where it was uh, a goal of mine was to reach 10,000 followers. So there again, that was something that I wrote down every single day. You know, I have 10,000 followers on Instagram and, um, you know, I would kind of go back to past posts, um, that I had posted and see what gained interest. And I would share more of that in order to grow. Um, but now, you know, once I reached that 10,000 followers, it was just kind of like, Oh, like now what, like now, you know, that happened, that was great, but you know, now what do I want? Like, what's my next goal? You know? So I think it is kind of important to set goals. I had to have something to reach for. Oh, I'm so glad you touched on that. Cause I honestly, I've talked about that in past episodes and I'm like, I hope this comes across the right way, but like I do, I'm not in great, it's not that it's anticlimactic. It's, it sounds so cliche, but it is the joy in the journey. Like it is in the striving and so when it's the joy is not in reaching the goal, it is in the striving. Like, so I totally am so glad you said that. So I don't sound like an idiot. Yeah, no, I remember you talking about that too. And I, I've, I've experienced that, you know, as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love that you went and looked at what did well, like, okay, I have this goal. And so I'm going to go and look at my posts, see which ones did well. I mean, there's some, it's not just like you're throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks, you know, there was some intention behind that and seeing, and the video, I don't know if you knew how smart that was, if that was intentional or just like, mm, this is what I do. Yeah, the videos, yeah, going back to the, I mean, and then now look at Instagram now. That's all we see is videos because of reels. Like, and it's, yeah. it is kind of frustrating. And I know some people don't care for the reels, um, but I've experienced it with my Instagram. I can post, you know, a beautiful uh, quilt picture and it doesn't get any engagement at all. And oh, I yeah. can post a video, like I just posted a video of me, uh, like my cutting table with how I have my batting, um, racks mounted on my cutting table. And I just like loaded up a new roll of batting and that got like so much engagement, just that little me showing that. And it's just so crazy how, you know, Instagram is changing constantly. And, um, 
But honestly, now I, I try not to focus on um, posting as much as, as I did in the past. Um, I think it's important to realize uh, when you need to take a break. Um, I have definitely felt burnt burnout with Instagram. There have been times where I won't post for two, three weeks at a time. And um, I have to, you know, be okay with that. And um, so, yeah, that's my whole thing on Instagram. It's just, yeah, it can be difficult. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I won't go too far down that path, but I could talk about it a lot. But it's it goes back to that we don't own that platform. Anytime you're a guest on someone else's platform, it's free. It's free for us. It's a free marketing platform. We are their guests. So we might not like their house rules, but they are their house rules and we follow by them. And, and as much as we say, we hate these videos, they're not dumb. Like Instagram isn't dumb. They know that the human brain will stop and watch. Their, their number one priority is to themselves and getting longer engagement. And people engage more with video. As much as we say we don't like it, we do watch it longer. And so that's what they're there for. But any platform, I mean, you see MySpace and now it's gone and then Facebook and now TikTok. And so the only thing that's constant is change, but that we play by their rules, you know, uh, and on getting, I'm trying to get off of Instagram more myself. I just, and I've also watched people who are really successful. I feel like it's almost like you have to put in your time at first, you know, to build that audience. But then I look at some of the people who I really admire. I'm like, they're not on here all the time. Sometimes they only post once every couple of months and they're still super successful. So who says I have to be on here every day, you know? Yeah. And I haven't really seen a decline, you know, in the amount of quilts that I'm still receiving. Um, and I, I have been kind of, in, um, well, with my quilting business, I do have it listed on my website how many weeks out I'm booked. So I can kind of gauge how busy I want to be right now with my with my quilting business. So I think that's something to kind of pay attention to with your business if you're feeling like you're burnout. Just that it's okay to take a step back, and and sometimes you need some of those breaks to help your creativity. Absolutely. Well, and I think we get worried if I disappear for a month or even a weekend. You know, we're like, well, then they'll forget about me. No, it's not. As long as you show up and you're offering something of value to people, we're all very selfish. And I mean that in the most humanistic way. It's not like we're terrible people, but we are very selfish. We think about ourselves as if someone comes and provides you something that helps you. You don't care if they disappear for a month and then come back. If they have something of value, you're like, oh, cool. So it's okay if we disappear for a little bit, you know, Yeah. and give yourselves that, that room. Well, so I'm curious with the ruler, how do you plan to market going forward to market the ruler? Do you like, I don't know, tell me your, your ideas and thoughts. Yeah. So, um, I, I have had quite a few quilt shops reaching out to me, you know, so they, um, buy the rulers wholesale from me and then they sell them in their quilt shops. Um, there's a quilt shop here locally, um, that she carries my ruler, um, but mostly, you know, it's all sales coming through my website. Um, I do want to reach out to distributors. I, I haven't done that yet. Um, like I said, there's just been a lot going on with the tire shop and that whole transition that um, I'm just right now I'm kind of giving myself a little bit of space before I get ready to reach out, you know, to distributors. But that is one of my main goals is, is to do that. And the 
a big thing with that is I, I've had so many people reaching out from other countries that want to purchase the ruler, um, like Australia and Europe, and um, it's, it's a little bit more time consuming to process those orders. So that's another reason why I would like to um, be with a distributor, because the distributors will be the ones shipping to the quilt shops, you know, in those other countries. So that's one of my, my big goals is to, to get into a distributor. Yes, you'll get there. Have you ever thought about bringing people on your team that you train on how to demonstrate the ruler and then they go out and and do the legwork for you? Yeah, no, and that's, I have thought about that. That's, yeah, something that I, I've been looking into. Um, it would just, for me, uh, it would just... I would just need to do a little bit of research to figure out who I would want to, yeah. to help with that. Um, and just time-wise, I haven't really been focused on that right now, but it is something down the road that would be nice to do for sure. Yeah. I've seen that with um, Shannon Brinkley. She does that where she has trademarked a, an idea and then she trains people on that and they go out and do that, which I think is a cool business model. I'm like, could I come up with something that I could do that with? But here you got it. <laughs> And then hiring people. That's uh, if we could wave a magic wand and have the perfect employee, like, oh, you're perfect and you're trustworthy and you're great, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I guess, I mean, you've shared tons of tidbits, but for our listeners, can it, if someone's out there and they are just starting their culturepreneur career or maybe they're, you know, in the thick of it, what kind of advice would you have just off the top of your head? Um, I would definitely recommend getting a journal and journaling and, and writing it down and being very clear about your, your goals and your dreams. Um, that, that, that's just one thing that has worked for me countless times to help me reach my dreams. So I would definitely start writing them down. I love that. And I did, I did actually want to ask you as well. You mentioned when you joined the long arm league, which I had just on the podcast, like, I don't know, a year ago, maybe. But you talked about how that was such a pivotal change in your career. Can you speak to, I'm assuming, because I've met the Long Arm League at QuiltCon, but can you talk to that sense of community and how did that play a role in your growth and success? Yeah, definitely. Um, I know sometimes uh, when you're first starting your, your business, it can be kind of scary you know, if you don't have other people there to like reach out to or ask questions, um, that's why I think it is important to be part of a group, like how I'm part of the, the long arm league. Like I've been able to ask so many questions or ask advice and whereas if I wasn't part of that group, I wouldn't have any of that. So I think that is important. Like whatever you're into is to find, you know, a group of people, um, that you can connect with. That's very helpful for sure. Yeah. And I don't even think we've touched on this, but you were in my OG original quilt pattern writing course. So I am curious, do you write patterns? What intrigued you to, or what motivated you to sign up for that? 
Because I, when I first started quilting, um, there again, I'm a self-taught quilter. So I would cut up all of my own fabric and I had never followed a pattern before. And so I would design all my own quilts. And so it's always, yeah, been a dream of mine too, is to design quilt patterns. So that is something that I'm, st I still do refer back to your course. It is something that I do hope to one day, um, do some patterns. Um, I'm still in the process of, yeah, working, working on all that. So, so we'll see. <laughs> I love it because you, you are a dreamer and a doer and we, all, you know, you've got, you will do it one day. It's just all things in its time, you know, so that will be there when you're ready for it. Yeah. And I just, I absolutely love, um, you know, vintage quilts. Um, so that's kind of something else I'm working on is I've been purchasing vintage quilt tops, just the top, and they still need to be quilted. So I've been working on mending those and fixing holes and then doing the quilting on them to complete them. But I just, I love just the stories behind the quilt. So for quilt pattern, um, quilt patterns, that's kind of one of my ideas is to do more of like a vintage, you know, traditional style with a modern you know, touch. That's kind of one of my ideas that I've been, you know, thinking about. And I'm constantly writing down, you know, doing drawings all the time, different designs that I would like to do. So. I love it. I feel like we are cut from the same cloth. I definitely resonate with what you're saying here. <laughs> And then I just have to share with the audience, you, you, might, you might be like, oh, Elizabeth, but you are just honestly so sweet. You sent a, a package, you know, recently just saying thank you for, for things, you know, in the past, the course and whatnot. And it was so thoughtful. It was, you know, a Gretchen Quinn mug, which is my favorite. And I mean, you're very, you're just so, you're, you're the real deal, you know, you're just very sweet. And I really appreciate that. So if our listeners want, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I feel the same about you too. Just when I first started like my quilting business, I just felt like you've always been that one person. Any like question I have, like I just reach out to you and you've always been extremely helpful. And I appreciate that. I feel like within the quilting industry, there is so many people, so many other cultures that are helpful in that way. And I've been able to return that as well. Like I have people reaching out to me all the time about long arm quilting or they want to purchase their first long arm. And I love being able to share with them like my experience and how can I help in any way. And I just, like I said, that's one thing that you've always like helped me with. Um, I remember having one coaching call with you one time. And I had all these like different ideas of things I wanted to do. And I remember you telling me just focus on one thing, like focus on that one thing. So at that point, it was my long arm quilting. So I focused on that and I felt like I have built that up into exactly where I want it to be. And then that's when I was able to focus on the binding ruler and have that whole like journey and experience. And then now I'm like ready to go on to something else. So. Okay, let's just talk about that for a second. If I could bundle that up and put it as a testimonial for every student, because I think the big fear is if I focus on the one thing, I won't be able to do everything. It's like, no, no, you will. It's just one at a time. Like get the one thing down really good and then move on to the next, which is why I know with your quilt pattern design, it will happen just in due time because you're working smart. You're doing it one at a time. And I, I just am so 
tickled to hear that. So yay, thank you. Yeah, and each one of those experiences you learn something from. So even with my binding ruler, I had never sold a product before. I had never listed anything on my website before. I had no idea how to do any of that. And then now, you know, in the future, if, you know, with doing, um, selling patterns, I already have that experience for how to list that on my website and do all that. So it's just taking, really taking one step at a time and really narrowing it down and focusing on that. And it's just, yeah, your whole experience and the whole journey that eventually, you know, you'll get to where you want to be and then you keep growing. Absolutely. Beautifully said. So do you have a video tutorial? If people are curious about this ruler, where can they go to learn more about it? Yeah, they can head to my website, which is vintagestitch.co. And then it's also, you can find tons of videos on my Instagram. And then um, there's also some videos on YouTube. Awesome. And for our listeners who want to find you on Instagram, what's the Instagram handle? It's vintagestitch underscore by underscore Janae. And that's J-E-N-A-E. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. This was so fun to chat and catch up and to hear your story. So thank you. I loved it. It was so fun chatting. Janae, thank you so much for being here. It was such a pleasure to chat with you. I just, you are just such an awesome person. You've done some amazing things and I cannot wait to see what the future holds for you. So listeners, I hope that you enjoyed hearing Janae's story. I hope that that kind of motivated and lit a fire within you that you too can accomplish your dreams. You know, you can try what she said, write those things down, voice your dreams, you know, really be intentional about the things that you want to accomplish and do. And if you are enjoying this podcast, if this is resonating with you and leaving a positive influence on you and your business, I would love for you to leave a review of the podcast. You can just go, I know it's a little tricky on Apple Podcasts, but if you go to your library and click on the Craft to Career show and you scroll down to where it says ratings and reviews, you can tap, there's a, you know stars where you can leave however many stars you want to. And then you can also, if you go down under, you'll see a review. There's the five stars where you can leave the five-star review or however many stars you want. Hopefully it's five. You'll read the latest review. And then it says write a review underneath that. So those are really helpful both for me as the podcast host. It's really helpful for other listeners to get a feel of the validity of the show And with good reviews, it helps Apple Podcasts share that podcast more with other people who are looking in this genre. So please do leave a review. That really means a lot to me. And I'm really thrilled to share who I've got in the next couple of weeks. So I have a few of the students from my current quilt pattern writing course. There was an application for students to apply to be on the podcast, and I cannot tell you how hard it was to narrow down. I just think I'm going to have to do this again because there are so many great people in the course. I was going to choose four, and I ended up choosing six because I just couldn't narrow it down any further. So there are six students who come at all different levels. We have people who are brand new to a business, people who've been in the business, in the quilting business world for years, and in between And they're just going to share with you uh, what their dreams and their hopes are, why they signed up for the course. And then in six months to a year, I'm going to have them back on and we are going to hear 
how things are going, you know, after implementing the course and moving forward, how has their business grown and changed? So I'm very excited about that. I, like I said before, I'm kind of rolling the dice. I, I feel confident that when they apply the things in the course, it will make a difference on their business. So I'm, you know, putting my, how does the phrase go? I'm putting my money where my mouth is. So we're just going to see, I'm just taking a chance on these students and, uh, We'll circle back and see how, how the course has helped them with their career moving down the road. So I'm excited to have that coming up next week. Uh, there will be a couple episodes with that since there are six students. I cannot wait to introduce them to you. I'll be back here next Friday with brand new episodes. Until then, have a wonderful week. 